1936, okay. Father, I just thank you in the name of Jesus that your word is truth, your word is, is honest, your word is everything that we can stand on. You're not a man that you could lie. God, I just thank you that your word says in John 10, 10, beloved, nope, wrong one. Let's turn there. <laughs> yep, John 10, 10. We're going to go there really quick. I know this does not have to do with joy. Okay, John 10, 10. The thief comes not but to kill, steal, and destroy. I am come that you might have life and life more abundantly, that they may have it in abundance. Hallelujah. He said, the thief comes only in order to steal, kill, and, kill and destroy. I have come that they might have and enjoy life and have it in abundance to the full till it overflows. Now, we have this um, handout that every one of you needs to have. And I don't know what I did. I might have just ate it or something up here. Um, there's, it's really a good handout. It's a lot of neat things in it. It's the some whys, and it's why do we do certain things? Why do we clap our hands? Psalm 47, 1, clap, you, oh, clap your hands, all ye people. Shout unto God with a voice of triumph. Why do we dance? 2 Samuel 6, 14a. And David danced before the Lord with all his might. And then in Psalms 149.3, it says, Let them praise him in the dance. Glory to God. And then um, it says, Why do we lay hands on people? One of the six elementary principles of Christ is the doctrine of laying hands. The doctrine of laying hands. We, why do we anoint with oil to the sick? Set James 14, 5, 14, and 15. We all need to know these, heart, these by heart. Why is the joy of the Lord so vitally important. The joy of the Lord, Nehemiah 8:10b. the joy of the Lord is your strength. So when you're in joy, you have strength. If we're not in joy, we do not have strength. And it says in Ezra 6, 22, for the Lord hath made them joyful to strengthen their hands in the work of the house of God. Praise you, Father. Now, pastor, years ago, God told him, um, a unique request that he gave, and he says, Our sanctuary, this in here, is a special place for us to minister unto the Lord. We ask that you respect holiness of our sanctuary by not talking with one another while in the sanctuary. Feel free to use the foyer for your conversations. Hallelujah. And that is so very important because I'll tell you, it can break the anointing faster than anything else. And so all of us need to have one of these in our Bible. And, you know, sometimes people will ask, you know, what do you do in church? You need to be able to tell them. And why do you do these things in church? What's the reason for it? So it's very important that we all know that and understand it and act upon it. Glory to God. Okay. I'm going to read out of a little book tonight a little bit here. But joy comes when we live on an honest life before God. How much? How many, many people how, understand how important honesty is? We live in a country right now where people are so deceptive. They're lying. 
you can't believe, you know, I don't watch the news personally unless God says turn this on for whatever and there's always something important if he does. Um, we don't watch commercials. We're very picky on what we watch on TV. Um, I should be learning how to cook better because as much as we watch the cooking channel, um, you know, there's just certain things. We, there's not much on there you can watch. But dishonesty is just a fact of life in the times that we live in. And Christians should not be dishonest in anything. You know, when somebody asks you something, you don't want to hurt their feelings. And you need to ask, do you really want me to answer that question? And, and they either say yes or no. And be honest, be nice, but tell them the truth. You know, um, I hate, you know, my kids, there was one thing that I didn't put up with out of my kids, and that was dishonesty. I told them, you lie to me, you've had it. There were two things. Do not ever be late. <laughs> if you're going to be late, you better call me. And in those days, that meant you had to pull over to a payphone and call. And the other thing was, don't ever lie to me, because I will know it. I would tell them, look in my eyes, and, or I would tell them, they'd say, how do you know that? God told me. So we live in a, you know, we've got the election year coming up here right now, and we've got so much dishonesty going on. You can't believe what people say. And that's one thing we need to understand. We need to go by our heart and thank God that I'm not going to get into politics tonight, but we need to make sure that even a little white lie is wrong, you know, to, you know, for me to, if Pat, I came home, Pastor, well, where were you? And I, I made up, so, well, I got busy doing this when I was actually spending time talking to someone. That's a lie. That's a deception, okay? So uh, Psalms 97, 10 through 12. So joy comes when we live an honest life before God. Psalm 97, 10 and 11. And I want to thank you, Heather, for allowing me to use your Bible last week. I had to laugh with her because there's so many notes in the bottom. I couldn't tell where's the notes and where's the, where is the um, part of the Bible. So I'm going to go by this one. And 97, 10 through 12. Okay. Ye that love the Lord hate evil. He preserveth the souls of his wicked. He deliver them out of the hand of the wicked. Light is sown for the righteous and gladness for the upright in heart. Rejoice in the Lord, ye righteous, and give thanks at the remembrance of his holiness. Um, it says in the King James, or the Amplified in 11, Light is sown on the uncompromisingly righteous and strewn, and strewn along their pathway and joy for the uprightness in his favor and protection. Rejoice in the Lord, you consistently righteous, upright, in right standing with God and give thanks at remembrance of his holiness. Psalms 119, 110 through 112. Now I am aware that the NIV talks about deception and things in it in some of these verses where Oh, that is Psalms 119 and not 19, 110 through 112. 
You know, recently I read through this. I've been listening to the Bible and reading it at night, and it's so enjoyable to do that. The boys go to bed with the Bible going. <laughs> okay, Psalms 119, 110 through 112, and they listen to David Ingalls while we're gone. So they should be good boys. Amen? <laughs> 110 through 112. The wicked have laid a snare for me, yet I do not stray from your precepts. Your testimonies have I taken as a heritage forever, for they are the rejoicing of my heart. I have inclined my heart to perform your statues forever, even to the, hand, the, end, even to the end. I hate the thoughts of undecided in religion, double-minded people, but your law do I love. You are my hiding place, my shield. I hope in your word. That is the only hope we have is in his word. How many know that? The only hope, John 15, 10 through 12. And in this hour that we live in right now, we need to pray and we need to have the word in us continually. It needs to be equal. Prayer and the word. I always appreciated Brother Hagen because he said, you will not get off balance if you are equal in your prayer time and your word time. And that is the truth. Hallelujah. John 15, 10 through 12. If you keep my commandments, you shall abide in love as I have kept my Father's commandments as I abide in his love. These things have I spoken unto you that your joy may remain in you, that your joy may be full. Hallelujah. Joy comes when we spend our life praising God. And I think we all know that one. Um, Joy comes when people mock you for your stand in the Lord. And that's in Psalms 119, 23 through 24. It doesn't surprise me at all when I'm mocked. It should not surprise any of you, especially in the times that we're living in. And it, it will, it's not going to get better. And... There's, a, you know, even when we come back with Jesus and he comes to rule and reign, and this has always shocked me, there will be those that will turn and turn, not those of us, but those that are on the earth. Here's Jesus ruling and reigning. And yet there will be those during that time that will turn to the enemy. And that I can't even imagine it. Okay, Psalms. What did I say? 119, 23, and 24. Your testimonies also are my delight and my counselors. My earthly life cleaves to the dust. Revive and stimulate me according to your word. Hallelujah. Stimulate me according to your word. You know, if we stay in the word continually if everything that we do lines up to the word then we're going to just walk no matter what is going on around us we will walk in the paths of the righteous and God will protect us no matter what it's when we start straying off from the word and hearing a little bit of this and a little bit of that you've got to know what you believe in him you've got to know you know there are many doctrines out there and many things out there We've got to know where we believe, what we believe in. 
and go with it. And I know the one with the joy comes when we live a long, honest life before the Lord. I think I got some of these mixed up and I'm really sorry about that. Okay, I have this book here and it's really, really good that Pastor gave to me. I don't usually read books, but it's excellent. So I wanna go to this book tonight and I don't know if there's any of them out there. There's a box of books out there on the back table. How many have seen them? You know, dig through them and Joy, How to Find Happiness in Everyday Living. It's a guidepost outreach production. And I thought they were gonna send me one of each, but they sent me a whole box. And so, you know, praise God. I believe in, you know, give and it should be given unto you. Pressed down, shaken together and running over. And so when you give, you're gonna be, God will bless you in abundance. Okay, so, um, it says, would you like to change yourself and become a happy person? Then why not begin right now? There are human tendencies to always think that we are going to begin being happy sometime in the future. You know, a lot of people's minds think that way. Well, sometime I'm going to be happy. Well, sometime can be today because the Word of God says it. It's not, yeah, our future is, you know, our future is glorious, but God sent us to walk here on this earth daily. And so I really like this. The time is right now. Your life can be full of joy. In fact, that is the kind of life God wants for you. Has planned for you. Your mind may immediately go to all the reasons why you can't be happy. All the problems that are crushing in on you. But Jesus himself said, in John 16, 33, and let's turn here. I made it a choice in my life, you know, I have a choice every day to let things upset me or go God's way in it. And every day, I can't think of a day that doesn't come that whether it's a phone call or whatever to, you know, decide how I'm gonna act and so, you know, sometimes we blow it. We need to quickly repent. All right, you ready? These things I have spoken unto you that in me you might have peace in the world. You shall have tribulation. Be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. He's overcome the world. I have told you these things so that in me, in Jesus, you have perfect peace and confidence. In the world, you have tribulation and trials and distresses and frustrations. And be of good cheer. Take courage. Be confident, certain, undaunted. For I have overcome the world. I have deprived it of power to harm you and have conquered it for you. What a scripture. I have deprived it of power to harm you and have conquered it for you. I love the scripture, greater is he that is in each one of us than he that's in the world. And so many times we look at the problems and we get caught up in the problems, but we need to realize Jesus overcame them. You know, there's many things and people that blame everything on the devil. The devil this, the devil that. You know, 
Jesus said, I overcame the devil. Having spoiled principalities and powers, he made a show of them opening, triumphing over them in it. So, John 15, 11. Let's turn there. These things I have spoken unto you that you might, your, that my joy, his joy, might remain in you and that your joy may be full. That his joy, I'm going to just pick someone up, pastor. Jesus said his joy, he said, I have spoken these things unto you and, you know, read up above. You know, if you keep my commandments is right above this, you shall abide in my love, even as I have kept my father's commandments and abide in his love. These things I've spoken unto you, Pastor Dave, that my joy may remain in you and that your joy might be full, full joy, joy unspeakable and full of glory is the scripture. Thank God. <laughs> Keep, keep Jesus rising up bigger and bigger and bigger in you constantly. I already taught on Rejoice in the Lord last week. I didn't get this book till today. Find your inner joy. You know, you have inner joy in you. Let the Philippians 2.5, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ. Think of it. Let this mind be in you, which also was in Christ. That is so powerful when we think of it. His mind can be in us. He says, let it be in you. Let it. Don't waste your time on waiting for the perfect moment to be happy. For the moment to be happy is now. How many realize that? I mean, how many like to be around a miserable murmur and a complainer? Nothing worse than that. Or, you know, how many have ever been where a group of people, you know, well, I had surgery. Oh, yeah, mine was worse than that. Let me tell you about this. And they're going, oh, my gosh. Rise above trouble. Isaiah 40, 31. And I love this scripture. How many know that we are to rise above trouble? You know, we're all going to be going on vacations this summer and doing things this summer, and, and I pray all of you are going on vacations. Well, there might be something that, you know, um, I render this helpless, is not happening to us, but how many have ever gotten to you that your destination and your luggage wasn't there? I think I shared with you our last trip to um, Rodney Howard Brown's. <laughs> we got there on the night before the meetings, and was it the night before or the night before that? Our luggage wasn't there, and it was almost midnight, and I'm like, no. And Pastor, well, what do you want to do? Well, I need to go to Walmart because I need some clothing to change into here. And so we went to Walmart, and if you have never been to an all-night Walmart store and the bad section of any town, it is quite the thing to, to behold. <laughs> I have never in my life seen anything. They bring all their boxes out and they stack them up where you cannot see from aisle to aisle. So you I couldn't see where Pastor was. He was looking for stuff. And I was, you know, we could have really lost our joy that night, but 
We just kept on grabbing whatever we could. Stuff was pulled off the hangers and all this stuff, and I just grabbed what I could and believed God this luggage is going to get here. Now, here we're going to a joy conference, and, you know, the enemy will come immediately to try to rob you and steal you of your joy. And so immediately he's going to try that, do that. So in Isaiah 40, 31, it says, But they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They that mount up with wings as eagles, they shall run and not be weary, and they shall walk and not faint. Now the Amplified says, For those who wait for the Lord, who expect look for and hope in him shall change and renew their strength and power. They shall lift their wings and mount up close to God as eagles mount up to the sun. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint or become tired. What a promise. You know, how many have ever said, and I have been guilty of this, I'm really tired. You know what happens the minute you say that? Your body just gets real tired and it just wants to just get tireder. And so we have to really start speaking these other scriptures. I shall run and not be weary and I shall walk and not faint or become tired. Glory to God. This is, this is a good one. Abraham Lincoln long ago said the most, that most people are just about as happy as they make up their minds to be. That's Abraham Lincoln. Fill yourself with the Spirit of Christ and you will be filled with joyous vitality. I want you to really just think for a minute. Joyous vitality. You can have vitality, but to have joyous vitality... That's exciting. Think about God rather than about your troubles. When problems come to you from every direction and baffle you, apply that rule. No wonder you feel tired and have no enthusiasm if you are thinking only about the dark side of life. Think about God and serve others. Your mind will then become quiet and peaceful. It will work efficiently as you attack your problems. So, so let go of that gloom. How many have heard people say, I can't, good, we're in good old June gloom in Santa Maria, and I'm like, please do not confess that. I mean, I don't like fog either, but I'm not going to call it June gloom and, and keep confessing it, so we're going to continue having it every June. I mean... One thing about Hawaii, I don't think we've ever had fog. Have you ever seen fog there, John? We've been, have you? Well, Arlene, you're Hawaiian. I've never seen fog there. No, I talked to Pastor about that the other day. He said because of the trade winds. You know, we need to just command the winds to take the fog out if you don't like it. Praise the Lord. So when problems come to you from every direction to, and baffle you, apply that rule. No wonder you feel tired and have no enthusiasm if you are thinking only about the dark side. 
So let go of the gloom and let go of that depression. Let go of the discouragement. Notice these things. Depression, gloom, discouragement. Let go of that weakness. Let go of that sense of failure. Get yourselves with Jesus really personally. Go to him, pray to him, tell him you want to live with him. Tell him you want to be guided by him and the sun will shine on your life. Now I'm going to read this part over again because this is really important. Get yourself with Jesus. So we should not go through discouragement, depression. Of course it tries to come at us. Depression, discouragement, weakness, and a sense of failure. A lot of people walk around with a sense of failure in their life. And many times that is a family curse that runs through their family line. And if you know that, you have the right to take authority over that in the name of Jesus and say, I am not a failure. I am a child of the Most High God and there is no failure in me. None. Absolutely none. And if if you if you failed in an area and, and you know you purposely did it, stand on first John one nine, but don't don't waller in it. Amen. God give God your worries. This is really important. Casting all your care upon him, for he cares for you in first John five seven. Anyway, I didn't finish the other one. Get yourself with Jesus really personally. Go to him, pray to him, tell him you want to live with him, tell him you want to be guided by him, and the sun will shine on your life. He will guide you. If you tell him, God, I need you to guide me every day, if you wake up in the morning and say, God, I need your guidance today, and I'm asking you for it, and I'm thanking you for it right now, your whole day will be guided by him. 1 Peter 5, 7. Now, we might not want to listen. You know, if he says, don't do that, don't do it. But if you really desire for God to guide you in everything, he, that's his desire. Praise you, Jesus. That's why we have the Holy Spirit. Okay. Casting the whole of your care, all your anxieties, all your worries, all your concerns once and for all. In other words, cast them on him and don't take them back. Cast them on him and don't take them back. A lot of people put them on him and then take them back. You've got to leave it with him. Praise you, Father. I mean, a lot of us are going through different stuff that the enemy would like to keep our minds on continually. Hand it over to God. Um, once and for all on him, for he cares for you affectionately and cares about you watchfully. Praise you, God. He cares for you. It says, well, be well balanced, temperate, sober of mind, be vigilant and cautious at all times. For the enemy of yours, the devil, roams around like a roaring lion in fierce hunger, seeking whom someone to seize upon. Withstand him, be firm and faced against the onset, the very onset of it. You know, you hear an evil report, your mind starts to go, start thinking you just, at the, that is the onset of it. That is the very 
onset of it. That is when you take a stand against him. You grab all the scriptures you know that tell him to back off that Jesus has already done for you, and you, you take that stand against him on, at the very onset. No, I'm not going to let it bother me. Rooted, established, strong, immovable, and determined. So he tells us to withstand him, be firm in faith against his onset. This is where we are rooted, established, strong, immovable, and determined, knowing that the same identical sufferings are appointed to your brotherhood, the whole body of Christians throughout the world. So know this. It's not only you that's being harassed, it's others. And sometimes when some, something will not let up, I will stop what I'm doing and I've prayed about it and I've dealt with the whole thing. And I'll get before God and I'll say, is this me or am I in intercession for someone else? The pastor's been teaching a lot on intercession and that a big part of this church's vision is prayer. Well, he's going to be teaching more on prayer and how to pray and the, pray and the types of prayer and, and what, you know, how to know how to pray and know if you're in intercession for someone. And these are things because so many times when we feel things and we feel like it's on us and we pray and it does not go away, then we need to go to God and say, okay, am I in intercession for someone else? And most of the time you are. Because God says when we pray and we receive, it has to leave. So when we speak to that mountain, it, it, that mountain has to move. And so let the faith of God be in you. So that's powerful when you think about it. Okay. Philippians 3:13 and 14. This is a big one. Big, 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 big one. This might be one of the biggest um, things that most Christians have to overcome. You know, we all have a past. The past is the past. That's why it's called past. There's present and future. There's past, present, and future. We're to live in the present and in the future. The past is the past, okay? We, if you've asked God to forgive you and you, the enemy keeps bringing it up, you were to go to God, God will say, I don't know what you are talking about. I'm sorry, Arlene, I'm not trying to preach to you, but I'm looking over here. I usually find a person to look at, and so praise God. I know it doesn't. <laughs> All right, Philippians 3, 13 and 14. I'm not preaching at you, but, or to you, you know what I mean. I, it's easier for me to get a focally, focal point. I don't want to stare someone down. Philippians 3, 13 and 14. Brethren, let's see. Brethren, I count not myself have apprehended, but this one thing I do, this one thing I do, forgetting the past, forgetting those things which are behind. This one thing Paul did, he had to, or he would never have been able to write the biggest part of the New Testament. He had to, because if his past would have been constantly weighing him down, 
it would have gotten into his brain and his mind every time people called him a murderer and whatever. He had to. Forgetting the past, it doesn't matter. If you're born again and, and you missed it or whatever you missed before, you, whatever you did before you were born again, it's forgiven. Hang on. Philippians 3.14. Yep, 3.13 and 14. Okay. Forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth unto those things which are before. I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Praise you, Jesus. And in the Amplified it says, I do not consider, brethren, that I have captured and made it my own yet. But one thing I do, it is my one aspiration, forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead. This tells me that there were times when he literally had to strain forward from all the harassment that, that people were doing. Here he's in prison. People are turning against him. People are, think of this, people are preaching. He's getting all these letters and things. People are preaching things other than what they were taught. They're believing these things. He's stuck in prison. I'm telling you, he had to constantly guard his mind. That's why I totally believe he said, I pray in tongues more than you all. Because some things there are no words in English to say. Seriously, I think I've found myself praying in tongues more recently than I have in a long, long time. Some things there just are not English words to speak over them. You've run out of them. That's why we have been given the gift of speaking in tongues. Okay, I do not consider, brethren, that I have captured, um, oh wait, straining forward to what lies ahead, I press on toward the goal to win the supreme and heavenly prize to which God in Christ Jesus is calling us upward. This is us. We press on towards the goal to win the supreme heavenly prize. That is so close to us. If we could really see how close that is to us. And he says, prize to which God in Christ Jesus is calling us upwards. Thank you, Jesus. God, I'm so grateful for your word. Joy is given to those who can learn from the past and then forget the past. People who can look forward, dwelling on, people who can look forward, dwelling on old disappointments or hurt will rob you of any hope of happiness. It'll rob you. It's over. Yesterday's over. One minute ago is over. It's, it's done. It's over. That was the past. One second ago was over. We need to press on. Thank God. Everything on earth has been put here at human mankind's disposal. God intends for us to use, to use life. He wants you and I to take advantage of all the things he has put here and to use them as resources and opportunities. Thank God resources and opportunity. He does not want you bound by past mistakes or decisions. And when you keep thinking, or if you find yourself thinking about the past and how you should have done it, 
what you should have done. Tell it to shut up. It's usually, you know, it's not the devil all the time. It's you. Get that picture out of your mind. Renew your mind with the Word of God. And tell it to get out of here. He does not want you. Hang on. To be bound by the past mistakes or decisions. If things have not gone right, then study why they didn't go right and plan to make them go right next time. So you take the word, you know, study it out. Say, okay, you know, I always stop and ask God when a situation happens or someone leaves the church or whatever. God, was I responsible for that? Did I have any part in this? What was my part? And he'll either say no, or he'll say yeah, and he'll tell me what, this is what you need to do, and then I do whatever needs to be done here. In any situation, I mean, we had, um, pastors of mine, if I share, we, we were taking the day off the other day, and he said he was gonna go down the street, talk to the neighbor, and I said, well, just be gone for a few minutes. I was being really selfish. I hate confessing my faults, but you know, I called him up on the phone. I said, you know what, stay longer, do whatever. You know, I'm, I was being selfish. I'm really sorry. You know, that, I don't want that past thing on me. I want to move forward. I don't want to be selfish. I don't want any kind of selfishness. And we need to, Okay, God, you show me that, deal with it, call him right away, deal with it, ask him to forgive me, and move on. Okay? So, was it humbling? Yeah, it was. <laughs> um, if you have not done very well, find out why you didn't do well. Ask God's forgiveness for any wrong you did. Ask for his guidance and do better next time. Don't dwell in it. It's done. Why? And move on so it'll never happen again. As parents, when we spank our kids or discipline them, we don't ever want them to do it again. At least I didn't. So they got whipped so hard that they never wanted to do it again. Like I've said, it took a half hour at least to whip our, I sound like the beater of the universe, to spank our kids. We had one that used to, that tried to put a book back there. I'm like, you think I think that your fanny is square? Give me a break. I mean, I had one that I think got a spanking every day. He would just go in and bend over the bed. I mean, some, some kids are, you know, whatever. But then ask forgiveness. I mean, I've shared with you, it was a whole long thing. Bible reading, repenting to God, the whole thing. So move on. There is such a thing in this life as a kind of victorious forgiveness when you forget those things which are behind and reach forward to those things which are ahead. You have got to have that kind of common sense in order to be happy. Every day can be a blue day to you. Every night, just another night of regret and misery. Not us here. You're, pro you pro you're pro produced in your daily life these very things by constantly impressing wrong ideas upon your mind. Do you realize that when you think about the failures and things daily, that you are impressing wrong ideas 
onto your mind. Every person living on this earth, I really like what he shares here, is as he or she is because of a pattern of past thinking. I'm going to read it again. You might want to write it down and, and remember this. Hang on. Every person living on this earth is as he or she is because of a pattern of past thinking. If your life has been unhappy up to now, then it is time for you to change your ideas and begin to practice a Christianity that will radiate happy living into your experience. This is one thing, I mean, I like the way he's put it down, that when I'm counseling, I try to instill in people. You don't have to be that way anymore. That you have a total good life ahead of you. And that's your past. Trust me, I have heard things that I never thought could ever exist in people's lives. So when I look at people, I do not judge how they react or how they act because we have no idea what people have been through. And thank God, I used to leave. Pastor knows when, we, when I was on staff at our old church. I used to leave and he knew when I would come home that he took over. He knew that I needed at least a half hour to an hour to just go into the room, get it all on God, and get it off of me. Because I had to learn how to take everything they've told me, put it on God, and not to remember it again when I looked at them, unless God brought it up later on in a, in a counseling session or something, because it was too much. And we can all do that with anything. Praise God. And, but you've got to get alone with God and you've got to get this junk out that you've heard people say and fill it up with the word of God or you're going to be miserable. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm telling you, you just learn to do these things or you're going to be miserable. And thank God that he is always there to take, you know, cast our cares upon him and he, for he cares for us. He yanks them off. He takes it off. Why would we want to put it back on? Amen? That, it's our choice, though. You know, when, when we decide we're going to take it back, Jesus is like, don't do it. And yet we're pulling at it. He has to just whatever, you know. Christ knows all about life knows all about the good in life, and he wants you as a child of his Father to share the good life. To be happy with him right now, you can make your past a happy one if you forget and forgive the past, if you learn to live one day at a time, believing that bright future is yours. Yesterday ended last night. Focus on today. Okay. No, I'm going to go to another one. Okay. Hebrews 12.1. Almost done. I hope you don't mind me reading out of this book. I just thought it was really good, and I hope you're enjoying it and getting some things out of it. pastor handed it to me while I was finishing up my sermon today, and I thought, uh, okay, he handed it to me, so he must want me to read it. And then Doris said, share it tonight. 
I hope you're getting something out of it. I hope it's really helping in some areas. Okay, Hebrews 12, 1. Lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. Every one of us has a race. Every one of us was put here on this earth. Our life was spoken into existence before we were ever born, before the foundations of the earth. And so there is a race that is set before us that, that the Lord placed us. He placed us in this time we live in. He knows exactly, He knows exactly what we're to do. And so sin in any of its form takes the joy out of life. Wrongdoing produces a virus of guilt, which in turn penetrates the mind with the infection or distressed thoughts. Okay, sin is, you know, people think, oh, sin is, you know, some, and they'll think up the worst sin that people do. Well, you know what? In Proverbs 6, 16, it says, these six, no, seven things are an abomination to God. I'm going to tell you, it's not the ones that people are out there preaching. I guarantee you are pointing fingers at people. Okay, so making perfect happiness impossible. Thus people either become physically ill or they reduce the potential power, happiness, and efficiency of their lives. Try, strive to do what is right, but know that you will fail in this endeavor if you rely only on your own strength. Praise God. One reason people are happy is that their fears have been overcome and their sins have been forgiven. They no, they're no longer in conflict, no longer in misery. The words and thoughts of Jesus are bound to drive out and destroy all thoughts of despair, hate, and envy. And in due course, your life will be flooded with joy and exultation. Glory to God. Remember 1 John 1, 9, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins. Be optimistic. John 10, 10, I have come, I overcome, came that they might have life and that they ha might have it in abundance. Praise you, Jesus. And positive attitude is joyful and enthusiastic will. If sincerely and long held, produce joyful, enthusiastic, and positive results in our life. Optimism is a philosophy based on the belief that basically life is good, created and sustained by a good God. We serve a good God. Many of us or many of you were raised in churches that you were taught if you do such and such wrong that you're bad. Your God is going to get you. I, I can remember thinking God is going to get me. I don't want to serve some God that's going to get me. I mean, that's really, that's how I was taught. I mean, if God's going to get me, then I may as well do whatever, because I'm going to get gotten anyway. Well, that's not God. God's a good God. God, good, devil, bad. Amen? <laughs> Many, this is really good. Many of us manufacture our own unhappiness. How many know that? Many of us manufacture our own unhappiness. Seriously. And it can be out of habit. Of course, not all unhappiness is self-created. 
Daily we are assaulted by conditions and challenges that contribute to our woes. Yet, to a large extent, by our thoughts and attitudes, we distill out of the ingredients of life either happiness or unhappiness for ourselves. Anyone who desires it, who wills it, and who learns and applies the right formulas may become a happy person. Psalms 118.24 I don't know about you, but I'm getting a lot out of this, and I didn't read all of this. Turn this boat around and go the other way. Psalm 118.24 This is the day that the Lord hath made, and I will rejoice and be glad in it. It says in the Amplified, this is the day when the Lord has, has, the Lord has brought about. We will rejoice and be glad in it. Save now, we beseech you, O Lord. Send now prosperity, O Lord, we beseech you. And give us to us success. Give to us success. You ought to say this every day. Give to us success. That's promised to you. A successful, prosperous life. Hallelujah. We must think joy to have joy. How many know that? We must think joy to have joy. Joyful people do not harbor thoughts that separate them from other people or thwart their own ambitions. They do not engage in negative thinking. They expect the best. Glory to God. We should have a good, honest, objective evaluation of ourselves, asking to be freed from anything in our mind that is separating us or frustrating our hopes and ambitions. Praise God. Thank you, honey. This is really good. At least I thought it was good. I was teaching to me. Hallelujah. Let's go ahead and receive tonight's tithes and offerings. <clears throat> 